So maybe you're sitting there, you're standing there, listening to this podcast and you're like, you know what? I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to take this step towards this someday dream of mine and make it a little bit closer to today. Maybe you're ready for more personal coaching. Maybe you're ready to build a community of women surrounding you uh, who are going to encourage you and empower you and support you as you take every step. Maybe you're ready to start your own wedding planning business and you're listening to this podcast, which Thank you very much for doing that. Keep listening. We will continue to provide episodes and support and all the things to help you one step at a time. But if you're looking for one more step, one more thing you can do to get you closer to that goal, I want to tell you a little bit about the Let's Talk Details workshop. We are throwing our final Let's Talk Details workshop. It is going to be a virtual workshop over the weekend of March 20th. And it is going to include everything. I mean, it's literally everything I wish I had known when I started my business. We're going to give you the tips, the resources, the community, everything from learning more about personalized branding to how to price yourself and build out packages to all the tips and tricks that you can really only learn if you're doing the job, fleshing out design for couples, helping you set goals, everything. I mean, literally everything. It is one of the best things that we do. And it's one of my all-time favorite things. So we're throwing it this year and I want to invite you to be part of it. We are only taking 10 attendees. We're only filling 10 spots. So be sure to head over to our website, gritandgraceevents.com forward slash workshop to join the waitlist and learn more. Okay, welcome back to the Let's Talk Details podcast. We have a very special guest today. I am so excited to have her on. It's Sarah Yates of Sarah Yates Photo. She is one of my clients. She's one of my friends. We've known each other since college. Actually, Claire, Sarah, and I all went to the same college. We went to Biola. And so we met through there. She is amazing, guys. And we are so blessed to have her on. Um, I can't wait for you to learn all about how she's just grown in the last year and why she chose her niche. She is a beach photographer that is located in Southern California. And so we are so excited. Thank you so much for coming on, Sarah. Hey there, you're listening to the Let's Talk Details podcast with Bree Cooper and Claire Roach, two entrepreneurs with widely different backgrounds, but one common purpose, to embolden and educate you to take your wedding business to the next level, all while having fun and reminding you of the truth we often forget that you can do it and you are a rock star. Each week, we'll show up to provide you with effective online marketing strategies for small businesses in the wedding industry, practical wedding planning tips and tricks for the modern bride with two BFFs that you didn't know you needed. It's the Let's Talk Details podcast, and we're so dang glad you're here. Yes, we're so pumped. So we're just going to get right into the questions. And the first thing we're going to ask is, I know this because, you know, <laughs> you're my clients, <laughs> but our listeners don't know this. So who are you? What do you do? Let's start from there. Okay. So as you said, I'm Sarah Yates, um, beach wedding photographer. I started back in 2018. I graduated from college, wasn't sure what I wanted to do, headed into the marketing uh, field and wasn't super happy with my job, but 
right before I started, my um, now husband, but then boyfriend was like, you should try photography. And I was like, what? Like, why? And he's like, I don't know. It just sounds fun. Like you're passionate about like telling people's stories. And I feel like this would be a cool medium. I was like, okay. So he gave me $100 for my birthday and was like, invest this in your business. And I was like, what business? Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's so supportive. I know, it was so sweet. And so I like put together some other money that I had like saved up and bought my first lens because I had like an old camera and I just decided like, okay, like I'll go for it. So bought like a little lens and I was like, okay, this is the start. And as soon as I did that, I took a few like, photos of a friend. I was like, okay, this is fun. Then I just honestly started investing in myself because I didn't know what to do. So I'd followed a few photographers before um, like jumping into photography on Instagram, went to their websites, bought some of their like guides and uh, tutorials and learned how to like shoot my camera and how to like do business. Um, but being in the marketing field, everything I was learning in my job, I just applied straight to my business. So that was in May of 2018 kind of started, I would say like towards the fall, like actually shooting a little bit more. And then by March of 2019, I'd quit my full-time job in marketing and hopped into photography. So that's kind of like my backstory of how I got here. So it's only been, what, two, two and a half years since I first even picked up a camera. So that is insane. Because typically what we hear from people is like, I picked up a camera at age six and it never went back. But right. I just feel like right now in today's day and age, and we can speak to more of this. I mean, I just feel like we have a set list of questions, but we're going to probably totally go off track, yeah. which is so fine. <laughs> but I just feel like in this day and age, people like, had, there's two types of people. The people who are like, I want to be a photographer at age six. And the people who had to kind of the process of elimination of like, you know, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do this instead. And I think both right. are great routes, but it's cool to talk to people who went this, the latter route because I think it's more realistic. Yeah, totally. And it's not something I ever saw myself doing. Like growing up, I wanted to be, this is so funny, I wanted to be in HR because my dad was in HR and I was like, great, that's what I want to do. Oh my gosh. So literally I took a class my senior year of college. It was called Communication and Calling and talked all about like your calling. And I don't know, one of the first days of class, our professor had us draw out like our dream office, which was kind of a funny task, but it just like got us in the mindset of like, what, like, what do we want in life? What do we want to do? And I literally drew a cubicle <laughs> and I was like, I want to work in a cubicle. I'm going to have cute photos of my like husband and cats and have some plants. And I'm going to like be this like HR boss queen. And then I, you know, started working in an office at a cubicle and I hated every second of it. So it's just so funny how you can have something so planned out for your life. And then it just switches so quickly. That's what we're learning with 2020 in general. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 2020 has been the year of unexpected things. So yeah. this, you know, only helped prepare. That's so awesome. So and then our listeners don't know, but you're from Minnesota. Yes. So um, I would say born and raised. I always say that, but I was not actually born there. Oh, <laughs> where were you forget. born? Yeah, I was born in Connecticut. It was super random. Oh, okay. Born there. Didn't I lived there for like two years? So okay. I don't really count it. Okay. But yeah, grew up in Minnesota. I had no plans of going out of state for college. Like, ask any of my friends from back home and my family. I actually found out some people had a bet against me when I would come back from California because they did not expect me to leave. I'm such a homebody. Love my parents and. I just, I decided to take a leap of faith, head out to California, never looked back. I mean, obviously there were times where I wanted to move home, but I think getting into photography and specifically beach photography, which I know we're talking about a little bit later, that really helped solidify me being like happy in California. So I have been here for six years now. 
I think. Yeah, six years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, in, that's Crazy. incredible. Yeah. And, and to think about like you went from this like Minnesota Midwestern girl to now being this <laughs> exclusive, not exclusively, but your niche being a beach right. photographer. It's so cool. So we're going to jump right into the questions. So as an, a new entrepreneur, you've had your business for two years. So kind of new comparatively to some of the people we've had on the right. show. But totally. as a new entrepreneur, what have been things you have learned that have helped you like helped you in business? So many things. Um, it's definitely been a learning curve. And there are moments where I feel like I'm learning so much and growing in other like weeks and months where I feel so like stagnant and I kind of like plateau. But the biggest thing I think that I have heard before from like multiple people is that you can't compare like your chapter one with someone else's like chapter 10 or like the idea of like when you want to start a business, especially in photography, it's so easy to get caught up on Instagram and seeing people's feeds that have like, you know, tens of thousands of followers and they have this perfectly curated feed with incredible work. And it's so like perfect. And then you immediately think, how can I do that? Like, how can I create that work? And the reality is it's like, you can't right now because right now you're learning how to use a camera. You're learning how to edit. You're learning so many things and it takes time. Photography is not something you can just like, obviously you can jump into it pretty quick. I mean, clearly you can, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it's not something where you're just going to grow exponentially and like at, you know, the first time you do something like it takes time. So that's been like the biggest uh, lesson for me so far is not comparing myself to other photographers I see. And I still struggle with this Mm. all the time because now while I'm not comparing myself to like big photographers, you know, who have all those uh, tens of thousands of followers, which frankly, like that stresses me out. I don't want that one day. Like that's not my goal. I've started noticing like tendencies in myself even to compare myself to photographers who are like relatively the same as me and like have the same following or kind of, you know, have the same like, like editing, just similar things. I'm like, wait, how can I look like that? Mm. And then I always have to like shake myself and remind me that that's not what it's about. It's Mm. about serving my clients. It's about doing my best for them because my goal isn't to create like art and photography that like, you know, isn't true to the couple. So that's a lot, but all that to say is like not comparing myself to other photographers, especially those who have been in the business, like you were saying, since they picked up a camera at six years older, maybe they like started shooting in middle school or high mm. school and then now have a business. It's like, no, I literally learned how to shoot manual in 2018. Like I need to look back and remind myself how far I've come in the past two years. Yeah. And I love what you just said of like, don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 10, six, whatever it is. Right. And, I, and I love that perspective of like, I know this is what I need to be learning right now for my business, they're probably learning something else on maybe they're looking at other revenue streams or they're like years along and I will get there. But right now, this is what I need to learn for my business. I talk with so many business owners who are like, I want to become Jenna Kutcher in a year. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) Um, well, Jenna Kutcher has like been doing this for 10 years, you know? And so, and it does take like that consistency that we always say, Claire has this thing. She says like, show up and be kind, but like Mm -hmm. consistently showing up for your audience, which I'm ironically very bad at, but I tell everybody (laughs) else to be really good at it. Um, But, but I love that, that concept of like, don't compare yourself to somebody else. I mean, just right. in general, just in life in general. And I, do, and I do think that when it comes to female entrepreneurs, it's very common. Yeah. It's very common You're specifically right. for women to compare ourselves. I was reading this book, just to get completely off track. I was reading, I was reading this book. I want to get your thoughts on it. I was reading this book. Claire and I are obsessed with it. And we it talks about um, this concept called um, human giver syndrome. 
And oh, wait, burnout? Yes, burnout. Right? Oh, yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. About okay, yes, yeah, we talked, we've talked about, this. about this. Yeah, burnout, it's amazing. Emily Nagoski, and what's the other? It's her sister. I don't know. Sister, it's yeah. their twin sisters, the last name Nagoski. And mm. they talk about human giver syndrome. And we've talked about this of like women feel like if women are doing something differently or like we're not abiding by this concept called human giver syndrome where we're just constantly giving ourselves all the time, then we almost look at the woman who's not doing that and we say, that's not fair. You're not abiding by that. Why am, right. why am I having to abide by this? And you're not. And so when we see women breaking out of this mold, doing what they want, being aggressive, going after what they want, go-getters, all that stuff. I think it could be intimidating for other women because they're like, that's not how we we're supposed to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So just so fascinating. But I really do love that concept of don't compare your start. And let's just like support one another. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> what a concept. And I think, I think people also get caught up in the idea of wanting to grow big, like really fast. Like what you're saying, like, I want to be like, come like Jenna Kutcher in one year. It's like, no, no, no. Do you know how stressful that would be? Like that would be so hard to grow that fast. Oh my in God. A year. I can't even it imagine. Be awful. I mean, I've had seasons where I've grown like in little spurts. And I remember sitting down with Jeffrey, my husband and being like, this is a lot. Like, I wish I was growing slower. Like, I know that's such a funny thing, but I think you see people on Instagram and gosh, Instagram's the best, but it's also the worst because you're comparing yourself to these people and you see them growing. You're like, that's so cool. They gained like this many followers or suddenly they're shooting this many weddings. But like, gosh, like how stressful is that? <laughs> like, I want to be successful, but I also want to live my life and get eight hours of sleep and have a good day every day. Yeah. I don't want to live on stress. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, what's it all for? Right. My dad has this thing. He says, you never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you can't take it with That's you. Good. You know, at the end of the day, yeah. you're not going to think about, you know, at the end of your life. And I think that's just what, what 2020 is teaching us all. It's like, you're not going to think about how many clients you had or how much money you made mm. or, you know, when you were working 12 hours a day for this many years or whatever, you're going to remember your relationships. You're going to remember small moments. And that's why it's so important to take those breaks and to, to just be an entrepreneur, but also a person first. Right. That's so good. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to the second question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew this was going to, but it's so fun. I love talking I love to you. <laughs> okay, so you are a beach photographer. And yes. I know this answer because <laughs> I worked with you on this. But yes. let, let's let the listeners know what led you to that niche and why the beach. Yeah, so, okay. I started shooting, like I said, May 2018, more towards like the fall. And I was shooting anything and everything from, you know, a cake smashing birthday thing for a one-year-old to family photos to couples. And I liked couples, but I was still like trying to make money. Obviously, I still like had my full-time job, but I mean, who doesn't like to make some money on the side? So I was like taking anything and everything. And I got to a point where I was like, no, I want to work on couples and couples alone because this brings me joy. It's easy for me. Not in the sense that it's like, you know, easy peasy. It's just like comes naturally to me, I would say. So I like knew I wanted to work with couples and specifically weddings because why not? Weddings are the best. Um, as someone who was, uh, that was like what, spring of 2019, I was almost engaged. Um, not that I knew that yet, but I was <laughs> like in that mindset of like every time Jeffrey and I went on a date, I'm like, is he going to propose? But <laughs> I was in that like mindset in that field, honestly, of like, okay, I want to work with people who are getting married. And um, so honestly, I only shot two weddings in 2019. 
my first two weddings. I don't know how those people trusted me. Wow. That was incredible. Um, I remember I got my first inquiry and I was like, um, me? Okay. But that was so fun. And so from there, by like fall of 2019, I was planning my own wedding, actually getting married. We got married last November. So basically a year from now or a year ago, sorry. Um, and then came COVID and I was like, had all these, like I had, oh gosh, like 10 weddings booked for this year, which was good. That was my goal. And I was a little disappointed in myself, but I now am so thankful that I only had 10 weddings booked because springtime gave me the time to like slow down. And COVID, while it's like the worst thing ever, it was also a blessing to breathe and to reanalyze my business. And I feel like I was going through one of those growth spurts I had just talked about and I needed time to breathe and understand what I want to do with my business. So that's when I hired Bree because I was like, oh, my website is like fine. I just I, I just had redone it, which is so ridiculous. But um, I just rebranded from my old business was Wildy Snapshots into Seriate's photo because I got married. And I just remember like Bree and I were talking about like brand, I think we were, we went through branding and website and we like had the color, like ideas. I had made my little Pinterest board and I kept thinking, I'm like, I like the beach. I love shooting at the beach. That's my favorite place to shoot. Like if someone has no preference, I take them to the beach. I got engaged at the beach. If I had gotten married in California, it would have been at the beach. <laughs> um, it was a place that gives me a lot of like peace and brings me just a lot of joy, especially in the midst of like stress and anxiety. The beach always just calms me down. And I mean, gosh, how beautiful is it like to see those sunsets every day? So I remember laying in bed one night. I think I sent you a voice memo and I was like, Brie, how crazy it would be if like I niche down to like just beach photography. Like, is that crazy of me? I was like, and I think I had some ideas in mind. About, I like this kind of a style and this like, but is that like, is that too much? Is that niching down too much? And I remember you just responding. You're like, heck no, let's do it. Like, I'm on it. And within like a week or two, you had this beautiful like idea. This like child was born of this like <laughs> beach photography business. I was business. so excited. I will, <laughs> that's so Just good. some backstory. I always tell people the riches of the niches. Like that's, I mean, that's mm-hmm. a very common phrase that what so he will use, not just me. Right. But it's really true because when you're targeting everybody, you're targeting nobody. Right. And so because they're it's like why would I go to you versus somebody else with where I want to go location I want to go to and so when you told me that you wanted to niche down to beach photography I remember being so excited I remember I was sitting on my couch and I was like (laughs) I was like oh my god I have so many ideas and that's when we came up with like the making waves and like the waves and all these things and I was like oh my gosh I have so many ideas (laughs) but I was so excited when you niched down to that so with you having a niche and I know the answer to all these questions because we work together but I want to I want you to describe to people what was that feeling like of niching down during a scarce time of your business and how has that affected your community like do you specifically get clients that are solely beach or how do you describe to people like yeah I do beach but I also do other stuff or what does that look like for you yeah so as you said like niching down during a pandemic is kind of scary especially because inquiries like aren't even coming in general and let alone saying like hey by the way I'm going to niche down to beach. And it's not that I only shoot there. I will definitely shoot in other places, but my goal is to book most of my weddings and most of my sessions at the beach. So it's a combination of a lot of like feelings that go in. It's like excitement anytime I get an inquiry about the beach, but then it's nerves of like, 
what if no one inquires? What if they don't want to go to the beach? And I for sure still have a few inquiries come in. And it's really funny because I say like, oh, a location or vibe or for like an engagement shoot. And they'll be like, we like like anything except the beach. <laughs> so I get those occasionally. And I think it's because they know I'm a beach photographer. So they're like, we'll do anything. We just don't want to do that, which makes sense. If you don't want like sandy toes, then we're not going to go to the beach. I don't know why you're booking me, but that's fine. <laughs> like, but my community and the clients have... I feel like really come around and supported me. I've gotten so many inquiries about the beach and I've had a few come in that say like, Hey, we want to book you because you specialize at the beach. And that is such a blessing. And gets so, it just gets me so excited when I see those come in. Cause I can tell that they're invested in me and in my brand. They've seen all my work and they know the importance of me shooting at the beach. Cause it's where I can do my best work. It's where I feel like most comfortable and I can make my clients feel most comfortable. That's amazing. Yeah, I was, I remember when you niched down and I remember thinking that it is scary to to niche down during a time that we're not making a lot of money or yeah. like, j- we're just nervous because we're in an economic collapse, you know, <laughs> businesses yeah. are failing left and right. But I do think that when you speak to a specific audience, they will come. And it's been so cool to see your audience kind of come out and be like, yeah, this is what I want. This is this is exactly what mm-hmm. I was looking for. And like, just some side notes too. like, you've, we specifically, or we, you have had inquiries <laughs> because of, on Google, people just search like Southern California beach photographers and yours has come right. up. SEO people. <laughs> I'll yeah. talk all about that in another episode. But, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but yeah, so that's been really cool to see you kind of thrive in that way as well. I want to kind of go back to, you know, when you picked up the camera, how did you nail down your editing style? Because I just feel like that's such a common thing that people think about, obviously, when they get into photography of like, what kind of editing style do I want? So how did you find yours? And how did you really nail it down? I will start by saying it's a process. It's not something that happens overnight. I feel like I finally nailed it down. I want to say it's July was when I started feeling like this July 2020 is when I finally feel confident in my editing style. So I'll take you back to when I picked up my camera. As I said before, after I took a few photos in like automatic, I was like, shoot, I need to learn manual because I heard you know, so many good things about this. So I bought a guide on how to set up my camera. Like literally, I think it's called like camera settings, bought it and learned about everything in my camera because Photos are great. Like taking the photos is awesome. You can edit and do a lot in post. But if you're not shooting beautiful images in camera, then editing is going to be so much harder. So first it was learning how to take pretty like good photos that are crisp and clean and, you know, framed well and all of that. Then the next step is editing. So for me, so I edit in Lightroom, which I think like 99% of photographers edit in Lightroom. I would love to know where else people edit. But Photoshop? Can you edit in Photoshop? You can. I feel like it's a lot harder though. Yeah. I don't know. It was like the pre-Lightroom. Like, right. Exactly. So I bought some presets from another photographer who I liked because again, you follow people on Instagram and you like their work. You're like, oh, great. I want my work kind of to look like that. So for the first like six months, I think I just like played around with those presets and I was like, okay, like these look fine. Um, we'll change a few things here and there. And I remember one time, like six months into it, I like figured out if I like changed like the yellow saturation, it was so specific. I was like, it changed the image. And I was like, wait, I love how this looks. This is great. So from there, I started like exploring, okay, I should actually edit these presets, like not just like slap it on and like change the exposure. I actually want to take time and you know, figure out contrast and lighting and all of these different things. Bought like another pack of presets, realized I hated those. So I went back to the first one and then it was, gosh, I want to say back in January. 
No, no, no. It was back last October. I remember specifically the shoot I did this at. I did the shoot and I got home and the current preset I was working on did not look good and I couldn't figure it out. So I went back to one of the first presets I had ever bought, put that on and edited the heck out of the preset until I liked it. I was like, wait, this looks good. This looks more natural because at first my presets were pretty like warm and kind of hipster, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, it was like definitely like a high vibe contrast. To it. Right, yeah. like high contrasty, a little grainy, just like not natural colors, a little muted, a little change. Yeah. And it was beautiful. It looked incredible. Yeah, I love those. But didn't feel it didn't feel authentic to me. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like when I looked at the photos, it's not how I remember the moment. Mm. And that's why I've been preaching. I was like, that's how like I do my photos, but it wasn't. So I remember I like edited that preset and like renamed it. I'm like Sarah. Or I think it was like Sarah Wildy at the time. I was like, Sarah Wildy preset. I'm like, this is pretty. And then from there, I like started editing with that. And it was great. And then I think, honestly, during quarantine, one thing I did is after branding, I was like, what else do I do? Like, I'm just sitting around here. And I decided to go back and offer my old clients new edits. So I like reached out to a bunch of, hey, if you want new edits, let me know. Like, no charge. I just want to practice my new editing style. And so I did that for like 10 to 15 different clients. Went back and edited not all of their images, but several, like 20 per client, just because I wanted to like figure out editing and learn more about it. So now like come July, I figured it out. I have my editing style. And for me, editing, I want to make it look so real and true to color, but still make it pretty, like not make it look like it's straight out of camera. But I don't want to change the color to make it look like it's, you know, completely muted. Or the thing that used to be a big thing was taking greens and desaturating them. Mm. And I was like, wait, but if it was green, shouldn't I show that it was green? Like, why would I make it look Right. So you really want to like capture the moments of like literally exactly how it looked. And I just feel like being a subject of the photographer, photography that you've taken, I've just done two photo shoots for my company and I do it's like whenever I I looked at them it's like that's exactly how I remember the lighting looking mm-hmm. and, but, and it's a little bit like obviously like better like the, the colors right. are better more vibrant but I do rem- I, I remember looking at the photos that we just got and I remember being like oh my gosh that's exactly how I remember this lighting looking right so that's really cool that you do that do you is that like yeah. a very common I, I mean I'm assuming it's common to like have a preset and then you know edit it to your specifications I just feel like I've heard that a lot in the industry like that's just a very common yeah. thing okay yeah I would say I mean there's tons of presets out there like there are a few that stand out like that are pretty common for photographers to start with but there's like one website I know that has like hundreds of presets that you can buy now granted who knows how good those are Um, I didn't buy any of those but it's super typical when you're starting out like okay how do I want my images to look and testing them out because the way one photographer edits like their own presets isn't going to be the way you edit the preset because for the most part they're not just like one click edits it's good when you get those but that's not the reality of editing Mm. but now that I've created like my own preset I know exactly what I need to fix and then I can like copy and paste that onto the other, you know, images for that session or that wedding. Um, and obviously tweaking along the way. Yeah. I don't just like copy and paste and like upload. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, super typical, I would say, for photographers. And honestly, good because it teaches you what editing is and how to edit. Right. Right. That's awesome. I love that the, we're in this age right now where there are so many resources like that. And I think that that's, that's so different from people who have started their photography business in this digital age as opposed to 
last century because yeah. it's, you know, you had to come up with all your own stuff. And now we just have so many resources, but you can also make it your own, which is awesome. Yeah, okay. Moving on. What are some things that have led to success for you? Um, what are things that have worked for you and you still kind of work on that have just led to more success? I think the biggest thing that has led to my success has also been the hardest thing in my business. Mm. So it has been being myself and being like completely real to my clients, to my followers, to anyone like I'm outsourcing or talking to is just being myself. And it's so hard sometimes. I know it's so silly to say that being yourself is outside your comfort zone, but sometimes it is because we want to like fit this mold as we were saying earlier, like this, you know, woman entrepreneur, like, okay, this is how I should act like as a woman in business. This is how I should be. I should talk like this. I should say these things because you see other influencers or photographers doing this. And the reality is like, there's only one you and that's what makes your business stand out is you. Because someone else can be a beach photographer in Southern California. Gosh, there are other beach photographers here in Southern California. They probably have similar editing styles. They might, you know, have decently similar branding. But what makes me stand out is me. And so I think that's been hard in the sense of like showing up on Instagram. And I remember I definitely struggled like showing up, like showing my face. And then July of 2019, I remember one day I was like, I'm going to post my face for seven days in a row, like hop onto my stories just to see what happens. And it worked. I got so many inquiries, like not for weddings specifically, but just like new followers, comments, like interactions because people actually got to know who I was. They weren't like, who's this girl behind her work? Because sure, you can post your face on your feed, but how valuable is it to show up to your followers and clients on like Instagram, for example, and like talk directly to them, hear their voice. And it's so funny, the comments I'll get when I meet them in person, the typical one I get is, I didn't know you were so tall, which I think (sighs) is so funny because I'm 5'9". So I guess I'm tall. I guess I don't appear tall. I don't really know like how you would tell my height through Instagram, but I think that's hilarious. I get that like pretty often. I'd say once a month I get that comment. Um, Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I love that. And we we always talk about that you on on the podcast. We always say your your biggest superpower is that you are you and nobody Mm. else is you. And and that's I guess the the best thing about building a personable brand is that and I love when clients have, you know, Sarah Yates photo or, you know, like when people just have their name as their brand because they're showing up and they're being authentically them and people are going to connect with you in some way, shape or form. I know you had clients the other day that were from the Midwest and they're like, oh my God, and you guys connected so much because you guys were both from the Midwest. Mm -hmm. But if you didn't show up and you didn't like show that personality or that side to you, then they would have never connected with you. Absolutely. And my goal is there to like, I don't want there to be dissonance between Mm. the girl they see on social media and the girl they meet in real life, especially as a wedding photographer, you spend, I spend the whole day with my client, like especially the bride. I'm with her for eight to 10 hours on her wedding day. Like we better get along. We better be like Mm. BFFs by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And that's like, side note, that's another reason I personally like include engagement sessions in my packages because I'm like, I want to get to know you because you've gotten the chance to know me through social media, but I need to get to know you so that we can create that friendship that Mm. will um, get us through your wedding day so I can support you, you know, Mm. like help you with your dress, like all the little things. Like I want to be their friend too. So making sure there's not a dissonance of me showing up on Instagram versus me in person. And if you know me in person, like obviously pretty normal, but also like I'm goofy. I'm like quirky and weird. And it's always weird to like show that stuff on Instagram, but I try to like add something kind of funny once in a while because like that's me that's who I am yeah and to 
not do that would be a disservice to myself. I didn't think about that, how like the engagement session is almost like a first date. Like you're getting <laughs> to know the person. It and, is. and you're also having to like, and I didn't even think about this level of it. Like you're you having to learn their their traits and their mannerisms yeah. and what they feel comfortable with and all those things. Because yeah, you're right. Like the last thing you want to do is show up on wedding day and be like, I didn't know that the groom was really shy before that right. and so I wasn't prepared to try to bring him out of a shell and so now it's like showing up that he's uncomfortable because he is uncomfortable because he doesn't know me <laughs> right exactly and it's so important especially because I get most of my inquiries I think I've only gotten one inquiry from a groom otherwise it's always been the bride who's inquired and so it's making sure I get to know her but also then on the engagement session I try to focus on talking to him as much as I can and it's funny I find that more guys are comfortable in front of the camera than girls and I think it's because girls really? yes and I think it's because girls are a little more insecure of like how do I look like will my arm look big does like my chin where the guys just like hanging out having a good time and even if they're nervous I always like tell them like PDA is much or so like I've seen it all I've seen a couple that has never kissed before and I've seen where I've had to stop the couple and be like please stop I don't know what's about to happen next <laughs> but I give them that like freedom to like kiss as much or not like whatever and I've had like probably 10 guys come up to me after and they're like that was so fun I just gotta like make out with her that was awesome <laughs> not that that's what they actually do but hey if they're having a good time that's what's important to me and learning like what you said about my couples like I had one couple and it was a proposal didn't know too much about the couple at all besides the fact like oh I like like them on Instagram we took some photos after the proposal and I had them do like a little piggyback and after he put her down he's like Oh, and she's like, Oh, are you okay? Like, is your back okay? And I was like, Wait, what's wrong with his back? And he had back issues, but like, didn't say anything, mm. which is totally fine and understandable. But then come their wedding day, like, I'm, or they're, I did another engagement shoot with them and then their wedding. And I was like, Okay, keynote, don't do anything that's going to stress his back out. Even if it's healed by now, it's probably sore. Mm. Um, and it's those little things that on the wedding day, like, you might only have 10 or 15 minutes to get your romantic photos in. You don't want to spend time asking the groom and bride what they're comfortable with, what side is best, how they move. Because while I give like the similar prompts to all my couples, how they react to them and choose to like go with the flow or like not really impacts how the photos look. So being able to know how they work on engagement session then will help me determine what to do on a wedding day with them. That's so cool. I didn't even think about that. How you like, there's like such a psychological element to this. Yeah. Absolutely. Where you like, literally have to, to anybody who thinks that photography is easy, it, <laughs> it's very much not. Right. I mean, cause you have, you have to do that and you have to actually shoot. You have to have an eye for shooting and then yeah. you have to edit and right. also all the client relations of it all. <laughs> yeah. And like trying to stay on track of time on a wedding day. Like the way I explain it is say I have like 15 minutes with my couple like on their wedding day. Okay. I'm thinking about, okay, what is my second shooter grabbing? Should she go and like do like cocktail hour or is it more important that she's with me? Okay. Where are my settings? I have two bodies. Like where's my aperture, my ISO, my shutter speed. Okay. Do I need this? Okay. Let's pose the client. Oh wait, there's a videographer. I want to be like respectful of them. Have them have their time. Okay. Like what pose? Did I get this? Did I get this? Have I gotten the rings? Like going through it all while trying to still capture good images that are sharp and in focus. Like it's a lot. That's why yeah. I think after a wedding day, they always call it the wedding hangover. And it's not because I like, obviously I walk a lot and it's like physically like taxing, but it's so like mentally taxing at the same time. 
There's Claire so much always that goes talks into about it. that. Every oh, single time I text, <laughs> every single time I talk to Claire after a wedding, she's like, "I need a day. I'll talk yeah. to you on Tuesday or on Sunday or whatever it is," because she's just like, "I can't. I need to like relax today." Because yeah. that's so true. Like the mental stress. I mean, also such high pressure because it's pr- people's right. one day. Exactly. For me, if it's like a client doesn't like something, then it's like, "Hey, I can just redo it." Right. <laughs> well, you can't redo a wedding. <laughs> no, you um, can't at all. And so that's wow. That's incredible. I just have, I mean, just like from working with Sarah, I literally have like such a, I mean, I always respected photographers, but just like mm-hmm. a newfound respect because of everything that you go through and have to do. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. So you've just, so going back to our questions to wrap it yeah. up, <laughs> what's led to your success is just being authentically you, yeah. getting to know the clients, showing up and almost acting like you're, you know, you guys are best friends, right. really getting to know like what makes them comfortable, makes them uncomfortable. But it just sounds like showing up being you, but also being kind and mm-hmm. and going out of your way to get to know them is what's led to your success. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. That's amazing. So how have you navigated? I know you're very, you're very present on Instagram, which is I've with every client, I always say be present on Instagram. I've never had to worry about Claire or Sarah because <laughs> they just take what I do and they just run with, um, which yeah. is amazing. So how have you navigated being present on Instagram, but also just like not letting it consume your life? Like what boundaries do you have around social or showing up for your community? Yeah, gosh, it's it's a struggle for sure. I'm not going to say I'm good at it. I'm not going to sit here and preach that I have like the perfect formula of how to like set boundaries on Instagram. But the way I try, like when I'm you know at my best, I would say at setting boundaries, it's making sure that yes, I'm posting five or six times a week. But okay, maybe I should like, kind of plan out my posts. I personally have tried like the whole planning out in advance. It doesn't work for me because it feels very like inauthentic. I mean, that's just me personally. Most, most people plan out their posts like pretty far in advance and I just like can't do that. So I make sure I set aside time every day to plan my posts that I'm posting for later. Cause it used to be like 7 PM, like Jeffrey and I'd sit down for dinner and I was like, crap, I need to post like right now today. Like this is the best time for engagement. So I make sure I set like 15 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever it is a day that I'm like, okay, what am I going to post? What am I like going to do on Instagram today? Um, But that's like a very scheduled thing. It's not like going to take me three hours to figure it out. So that's one thing. The next thing that I'm working really hard on is not taking breaks on Instagram in the sense of I'm editing for like three hours. Okay. I need to take like a good 15 minute break at some point. Sitting on my Mm. phone and scrolling is not a break. Getting outside and taking a walk, going and playing with my cat, you know, taking a nap. I'm a huge napper. Literally, I woke up, worked out, got a little work done, and I took a nap before this podcast at 10 a.m. (laughs) Like, I'm not, I literally already took a nap today. (laughs) I love that. You know, you got to do what you got to do. But setting the expectation that not all of my leads are going to come from Instagram. I think a lot of photographers and entrepreneurs, specifically in the wedding industry, fall into this trap of thinking all my like inquiries are going to come from Instagram. If I'm doing well on Instagram, it means I'm doing well in my business. But if Instagram mm. is struggling, my business is like tanked and you can't put all your eggs in one basket. I think it was Jenna Kutcher, honestly, that said like, what would happen if like, Instagram just like went away. And oh my gosh, I, I'm a huge advocate for building an email list because right. of that reason. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure like the minute we talked to you, so your email list, tell me about it. Yeah, um, I was like, so even, we're going to build an email list? <laughs> exactly. Even from like what we talked about earlier is like we put some AdWords out on Google and I've gotten like three or four inquiries in the past month from Google. I've never mm-hmm. gotten Google and they're actual like good inquiries. They're not just like spam. And I'm trying to like 
diversify and go on Pinterest more. And I haven't tapped into Facebook too much, but there's so much more than Instagram. So I think business-wise, figuring out like my boundaries of like posting how to market, but also personally, I have a personal Instagram. Do I ever go on it? No. So that was just like, that kind of went away. But then setting boundaries of, okay, what am I going to post on Instagram? What's okay for me to post and what's not in the sense of sharing my life? Like I share Jeffrey and I's relationship because I target market people my age who are getting married. So of course, Mm. I'm going to show my married life with my husband and the funny things. I don't post too much of it just because I don't know. I'm not I'm not one to take out my phone and record things. I know that's so silly, but I just like don't. Well, when um, it's your job to record right. and capture moments, it's really hard to like do it like for yourself. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> so just trying to figure out, you know, things in life that I can keep like to myself that I don't need to share because I don't owe Instagram anything. I don't owe my followers like my personal life. And one piece of advice that I got recently from another podcast is they were saying, if you're going through something hard, you want to like show your scars, not your wounds. So Mm. in the sense, if you're going through something hard, you don't want to be posting about it in the moment. Like, oh gosh, like this is so sad. This is so hard to go through. And you kind of come off as like whining a little bit. And like, what's the point compared to, okay, come back in a few weeks, a few months and talk about that hard thing. What helped you get through it? Because if you're down in the pit, telling others that you're in there isn't going to help. That's mm. when you should reach out to you know your friends and community be like, hey, help me out. Compared mm-hmm. to when you're out of the pit looking down going, okay, like how can I help someone get out of there? Like what resources can I provide? So just making sure my Instagram is serving my clients, being real, but not like opening up about things that are you know crazy hard happening in my life in the moment. But of course, I can definitely talk about things after they happen. Mm-hmm. I love that. And it also just sounds like for your Instagram, uh, I mean, just following you, mm-hmm. it, it definitely looks like it's it's more encouraging, but also you do talk about like, I, I was stressed this week or like right. you, you're, you show up in an authentic way, but in a way after you've dealt with the emotion as opposed to stress writing. Right. Because I don't need it. anyone else to get more stressed on Instagram. Let's be real. Yeah, when right. we're, stressed, like, we're done. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I love what you said about building an email list because I'm a huge advocate for that because, yeah, Yeah. what if you wake up and Instagram is not there anymore? And and as as someone who has 380 followers on Instagram and... (laughs) And like made my, you know, and had a very successful year with business. I could attest that your Instagram followers do not equate to the success of your business in any way, shape or form. You can find other avenues of success. Um, So I love that you said that. And we actually do have an episode. I don't know when it's going to be dropping, but we do an episode that talks all about email lists and how to build them and why they're important and all the things. So that's going to be a good one one because I am a huge advocate for that. (laughs) Because yeah, especially right now, 2020, there's so many things that have been unexpected. So what if you wake up in the morning and Facebook's like, you know what? We decided to stop and we're not having Facebook and we're not having Instagram anymore. And your community is, is was all on there. Right. Like how terrifying, but also like, what are we doing to prepare? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I love that you said that. And I also love that you said that going on Instagram is not a break. Right. It's Especially not, for entrepreneurs. Yeah, they think it is. And sure, like if I set aside like, hey, after this task, I'm going to spend a little time on Instagram interacting. messaging back my dms like not that i'm not going to say like i get tons of dms a day but i like do have quite a few that build up and once it gets to like 10 plus i'm like okay i need to like sit down and go through these because 
it's not going to help my like the algorithm, but what it's going to do is create authentic community. And I think mm. that's why it's important to like respond to DMs, respond to comments. And sure, Instagram might like that, but also your followers like that. Your potential clients are going to appreciate the fact you're actually responding to things. Because how much does it stink when you like reach out to someone, you're like, maybe they'll respond on Instagram. And like you see that it got seen and you're like, okay, well, you could have spent two seconds responding. So <laughs> making sure I spend time still interacting with my followers, which is, again, why you don't what's it called like post and ghost like you don't just post mm-hmm. and then leave like you want to stay on instagram and interact with people but mm-hmm. making sure instagram is an avenue of marketing not a place where you are wasting time and just mm-hmm. mindlessly scrolling mm-hmm. i love that okay well i know the answer i just feel like this has been a theme <laughs> i know the answer to this yes. question because sarah and i did a, a wine and dreams night a couple of oh, uh, months back where we were having some moments and i was like we're, we're going to do a FaceTime call and we're just going to talk. We're going to drink wine and talk about our dreams. Yeah. It was very fun. We did it with Kelsey, which is a amazing gal. That is another, another <sighs> moxie gal. She's my operation yes. manager. So where do you hope to go in the industry? Like, let's talk about, maybe let's zoom out. Let's do 10 years and then we, we will do five or maybe a year. Okay. Wow. So 10 years first? Yeah. Gosh. I, I don't know. And that's, I'm okay with saying that. I'm pretty confident in saying that. I feel like you know, what I said before, I grew up knowing what I wanted to do. And then I realized that's not what I wanted. So while I have like a 10 year plan in mind of things I want, like I want a family, I want some kids, I want like personal life, my business, I'm excited to see where it goes and work hard on it. I remember one time I DM'd some photographer, like right when I started, and I ended it with saying, I'm so excited for this adventure of like, or what will happen on this like adventure or something. And I remember she responded. She's like, okay, not to be rude, but it's not an adventure. You're going to put hard work in and that's how you're going to grow. It's not just something that you get to like, it's not a river that you just get to sit on and see where it goes. Like you are like, you know, like a salmon, like swimming upstream. Like you are working hard at this. So mm. not to say yeah, you're not that just way. discovering success. Right. You're, you're working out of it. Right. Exactly. You're hiking up to a destination. You're not just discovering a, a peak. Yeah. So I feel like in general, my goal is to still serve clients, but also to encourage young entrepreneurs that, gosh, that they don't need to fit the mold, that they don't need to become the next, you know, the person you compare yourself with, insert them here. You don't need to become that person because they're, they're already them. You need to be you. And so if I can impact just one entrepreneur, even in the next 10 years, like that would mean the world to me that they can look at themselves and be like, I'm confident in who I am. And I like my business for me. And I think about it this way. This is a really weird analogy, but I think of it as, you know, when like the new trendy, some outfit comes out, right? And you're like, wow, that's so cute. I want to wear that. And you go and buy it and you're like, this feels so uncomfortable. This is not me. I hate this. But looking in photos, you're like, well, I look cute. I still fit in. Like I look good to others, even though the whole time you felt so uncomfortable in it. Mm. It's like you want to, I mean, for that, it's like you need to wear something that fits you and feels like you. And you're going to look back at photos and be like, yeah, I looked good because I was myself. And it's that same idea with business. It's like you don't want to try to put something on and do some kind of business that's not you. You don't want to edit with like crazy saturation or crazy like muting of colors like just to fit some mold because it's going to feel inauthentic and you need to be authentic because so many people claim that for their clients. They're like, I'm like this free spirit, authentic photographer capturing the real moments. Are you? Are you authentic to yourself? Are you authentic? Because you can't, you can't be authentic to your 
clients unless you're that way to yourself first. Mm, so there's this so, difference between being telling people you're authentic right. and then showing up in an authentic way. And most people who say they're authentic are not authentic. No, they're like this <laughs> stereotypical mold. Like I could draw them out for you. They always have like the hat and some cute like hipster outfit and booties and like, great, I have that too. But I, let's be real, I'm in sweatpants most of my life or like a striped t-shirt like if you know me, that's what I wear and I'm not going to like put something else on. And the same way when I started editing, going back to that, like I thought I'd found it because my photos started to look like others. And I was like, wow, that looks like this person. So I must be doing it right. And it took me until I would look through a gallery and go, oh, I hate the way it looks. This is not me. This is not what it felt in the moment. And so long story short, in the next 10 years, if I can, however it works, impact entrepreneurs and let them know that they need to be themselves because that's their best trait. That's their best thing that they can offer is themselves. So that would be my 10-year goal. I'm I'm start crying. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's okay. I'm a crier too. <laughs> and then, yeah. So what is next year, 2021? What is your goal? Well, as we've learned in 2020, I have no clue. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was funny. We sat down for that wine and dream night. I feel like we just like shook off the COVID. We're like, okay, that's not a thing. Like what, what's going to happen? Yeah. And so for me, I'm still building my business. Like I still want to be shooting. I'm not going to try to jump into like full-time like teaching and educating of other photographers. I'm not going to try to do something that doesn't, again, I feel like we're saying the word authentic so much, but that's not authentic to me. And for me, I want to be serving clients. I want to shoot 20 to 30 weddings next year. I want to do that, whether they're like micro weddings, elopements, or, you know, bigger, safer, socially distanced, who knows what's going to happen weddings. Like I want to be working with clients next year. So that's my goal. At the same time, starting to pour into other entrepreneurs, which is why I like started offering mentor sessions recently. And those have been so life-giving for me, but I mean, obviously for the other person too, but I've learned so much through them because I've been able to rem- remind myself of why I started, why, mm. like where I was and what I was learning and being able to pour into those like students per se, that's been like very valuable to me. So I want to say in the next year, my goals are to shoot more weddings. And I am pretty sure in our goal night, I wrote down, I want to do one creative shoot a month because yeah. real quick, like another little you mean side like branding, right? You mean like a branding shoot or just like a, just like for, no. like for oh, so, like just like a fun shoot, like a really yeah. random fun shoot. Oh yeah. So I remember that. The thing is, there's two different ways I see photographers go when it comes to like wedding photographers. One is they're they're doing art. It is beautiful. It is specific. That is so creative and it tells some kind of story and it's amazing. The other kind is telling your client's stories. And I think there's two, like neither are wrong and people will book you either way. But for me, like I want to be posing my clients and giving them prompts and stuff that reflect them like if they're not Mm. a super hipster artsy couple i'm not going to have them like look dramatically away and do this vogue pose if that's not who they are like Mm. i'm not going to get on the ground to do some crazy angle if they just want some cute laughing photos like that's not what i'm going to do so because i'm that latter photographer i want to make sure once a month i'm still being creative Mm. and i'm not like a crazy artist i cannot draw i cannot do anything musically like that's not my forte but being able to take like an hour or two once a month and like play with a new medium, like with photography. Like, okay. Like one day I set up my tripod as a sunless setting and took some of those like photos with the sun coming in of myself. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. like portraiture, like what is this? Um, Just trying to like grow muscles that 
I don't have right now. So yeah, so it's more taking those moments of creativeness to teach yourself something new. So yeah, it sounds like your goal is to continue to learn. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I feel like while I've been in this industry for like two years, I have so much more to learn. And yeah. I try to invest in one or two courses a year. So I just purchased a new like wedding photographer course and I'm going to sit through it and learn it. And I've been so tempted just to listen to it in the background. But instead, I like bought myself a notebook. and I'm like, I'm going to treat it like an actual class. Like I'm going mm. to sit down and learn because I, I can't like... I mean, I could go get my master's in photography, I guess, but I'm not going to. So I feel like in the next year, I just want to learn more to take those courses. I invest in mentors all the time. I like do that Mm -hmm. too, because you can never stop growing. Yeah, I love that so much. That's definitely something that I need to do. Okay, some rapid fire questions to wrap this up. All right, I'm ready. We're ready for it. Okay, this is the three questions we ask everybody before they go. So we're going to start with, what is a fact about you that people would be surprised by? Okay, if you don't know me, you would not know that I've broken the same toe five times. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's just constantly broken at this point. So that's <laughs> oh my, my one. So I've broken seven bones, but five of them have been the same toe. Oh my gosh, like just randomly? Yeah, you know, the first, it's typically when I'm like walking or doing something really dumb and it just like kind of, it's on my pinky toe, so it just catches and then it just kind of snaps and then it gets all swollen and so a few times ago, I think it was like two times ago, they're like, oh yeah, you should probably get surgery and put like a metal rod in this toe because it keeps breaking and I was like, no, no, I'm fine and like a month later, I rebroke it and I was like, oh. Okay. Like, okay. Maybe I so, should. <laughs> that's so, so funny. I'll keep you updated, love- but yes. Oh my that's gosh. That's a fun fact. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so funny. Um, okay. What is something that is bringing you joy in your life right now? Mm, my cat. Easily. Hands down. She's the best. Mia. We adopted her in July. So she's so cute. She's so Princess cute. Princess Mia. She's literally meowing outside of my door right now. I can hear her little paws are coming through. So she's a cute little kid. She's her, so everyone. Cute. Her name is Mia. She. We're really going off this Princess Diaries theme. Yep. <laughs> yep. Honestly, she has a whole highlight reel on my Instagram. Go check it out. <laughs> she's great. And then I, Claire, would be remiss if we didn't <laughs> ask you this question. And that is, what is your go-to coffee order? Yes. Well, currently sitting next to me, I have just a hot, normal coffee. I don't know. Jeffrey roasts it. I don't really, or not roasts it. He like makes it. I don't know what it is. Um, So coffee with oat milk and some kind of caramel. So either syrup or like mm. something, but yeah, oat milk and caramel. So Ooh, like an oat milk that. latte, caramel latte is my go-to mm. at a coffee shop. And when I'm out, I like it iced, but at home I like it warm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Southern California, you have to keep it. You have to keep right. it. Yeah. I mean, fluctuating. It's so exactly. it's either above 70 or below 70. You have to. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It has been a pleasure to have you. Where can people find you? On Instagram at Sarah Yates Photo. Pinterest, Facebook. Everything's just at Sarah Yates Photo. So go just check it, it out. Easy. Yeah. And the website sarahyatesphoto.com so you know, Sarah with consistency. an H that's all you gotta know that's awesome and Yates is spelled Y-A-T-E-S yes Yates well thank you so much I am so excited to have people listen to this that's it for this episode of Let's Talk Details you can find me at Moxigal Marketing you can find Claire at Great Grace Events Co and yeah we'll see you guys next week bye